0: Okay, I'm attempting to record this podcast episode with only one cup of coffee in my system, so we're going to give it a go. Welcome to season two of Take Your Best Shot, everyone. I missed you. I did not realize how much I would miss sitting down to record these episodes until I actually did. So I'm excited to be back. And I know there's been a little bit of a rebranding happening with my logo, and there's a reason behind that. And I want to share that with you. But for everyone who's coming back now for this second season, welcome, welcome back. Thank you for all of the support you've given me in season one of this podcast. And for everyone who's newer, I'm excited to have you, and I hope you enjoy listening to these episodes as much as I enjoy sitting down and recording them. So, why did I rebrand the entire podcast and take a couple of months off after what seemed like a relatively short season? Well, I'm going to tell you. So. The last conversation I had in season one of Take Your Best Shot was with my good friend Taylor Acorn. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go listen to it. She is wonderful and amazingly talented. And our conversation was very organic. And we talked a lot about just the pressures of life and living up to certain expectations and mental health. And it was such a wonderful conversation And it had me thinking about what I wanted to use this space for, what I wanted to talk about on this podcast. I know that initially the goal was really to keep it light and fun, and that still is the goal. It's still to have conversations about dating and, you know, socializing and what the world is like now. And so I don't want that to end. But I also want there to be an element of seriousness because I do think that having just raw conversations about what people go through. And that could be a positive thing. That could be a struggle. It's something that I really enjoy. And I think that from a perspective of a listener, you know, I know that when I listen to podcasts and there are conversations that I can relate to about, you know, things I'm feeling or things that I'm thinking, it makes me feel seen and it makes me feel a little bit more understood, maybe a little less alone. And so if that is something I can bring to somebody listening to this, then that's all I can hope for. And with that said, (laughs) I'm going to kick off this episode with something that I saw on Instagram and we're going to talk about it because it was a little bit triggering for me in, uh, you know, more so from an insecurity standpoint. And so I want to bring it up because I think that there is a bigger message behind it than I think was intended. So this girl posted a reel on Instagram and it had nothing to do with the actual reel itself, but it was the audio attached to the reel that slightly bothered me. So the audio said, imagine if you lived every day the way you are now. And when you die, God slides a sheet of paper across the table and says, this is who you could have been. And this is what you could have done. And. Honestly, I teared up a little bit, if I'm being if I'm being t- truthful, because it bothered me. And it bothered me because I can't remember a time in my life where I didn't think that I needed to be doing more and that I was meant for more. And that has put me in a really dark place sometimes, even though life is great and I'm proud of everything I've accomplished. I love the people in my life. I have created a great life for myself, you know, I have an amazing family. All of those things are are wonderful. And I don't necessarily feel like every morning I wake up and think, "Oh, I'm doing nothing." I don't feel that way, but I definitely feel like this audio on Instagram hit a little too close to home because it implies that what you're doing right now isn't enough. That Every day you get up and you do what you need to do to survive, to be happy, to take care of others, to take care of yourself, to keep a roof over your head, to do all of these things. And for some reason, this audio to me implies that that's not enough, that you're going to get somewhere at the end of your life and someone's going to tell you, hey, you could have been better. You could have been greater if you just, you know, done more. And that's crazy to me. That's absolute insanity. And I honestly believe that is why everyone is so goddamn burned out all the time, because there is this idea out there that you need to be doing more. And ironically enough, you have people like Kim Kardashian making comments like if you want to be successful, then get your ass up and work. It's like, what bitch? are you saying? Are you kidding me? And don't get me wrong, if there is a goal or something that you are working towards, a dream that you have, there's nothing wrong with hard work to get there. And there's nothing wrong with you, you know, having those days where you feel a little bit discouraged because you didn't get to where you wanted to be or or do what you needed to do in that moment. But that's part of life. The issue is when it's every day you wake up and you feel like you're not enough, you're not doing enough, that's a bigger problem because then – it becomes unhealthy. It's you're, you're striving for all of these things. And for what? Are you actually striving for something? Or are you striving for the feeling that you get from accomplishing something? And are you even happy doing it? Is it even making you happy? Is it even helping you achieve something that really brings joy to you? And I might open a can of worms by saying this, but a lot of times when we feel the need to go above and beyond and be these types of people, it's because we're feeling the pressure of the expectation and the perception of us that others put onto us. And yeah, sometimes it's easier just to put up a front because it's not always just about not wanting to show your true self to others, but maybe it's hard for you to accept that about yourself first. And it was funny because I experienced this not too long ago where I had someone say to me, You're so positive. You are literally the most positive. If something doesn't work out, you don't dwell on it. You just move on and accept it and you're on to the next thing. And I do feel like I am like that because I don't like to dwell on things that you can't change. But then I had a day or a couple of days, actually, not long after that conversation happened where I was just not feeling great. I was lonely. I was sad. I was unhappy with everything. And in that moment, I felt like I had lied to my friend. I had lied to her. I should have said, no, 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 I'm not that positive. Just in this moment, I am. But sometimes I'm not. And that's ridiculous. We're humans. We go through ebbs and flows of emotion. And it just so happens that when we're feeling at our worst, that's when we question everything. I wasn't coming back from a great meeting at work or a run or a good date thinking, Ugh, what is my life? What am I doing? I'm doing everything all wrong. No, when you're feeling good, you feel good. You feel like you're doing everything that you need to be doing, that things are working out. But in those moments of darkness, you start to question it all. So it's time to give yourself a little bit of a break. And it's time for you to Create a moment for yourself where you feel good and think about all of the things that you're accomplishing and all of the things that you're proud of and all the things that you're doing to just make your life what it is and be proud of that and give yourself just a squeeze because <laughs> you deserve a squeeze. If I, if I lived a little bit closer to any of you, I would give you a, a nice big hug, but do it to yourself. And if you need a little daily inspiration, Reese Witherspoon has been crushing it on social media with life advice. (laughs) And every time I'm feeling a little bit weary, I head over to her Instagram page and she just has something wonderful to say. And I actually think she's on TikTok now too. So I would just highly recommend. If you need a moment where you need some something uplifting, go to Reese Witherspoon's Instagram page. (laughs) But because Instagram has just been giving us all of the good content lately. (laughs) There's something else that I saw that was posted. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because I've actually talked with a lot of different friends about this particular topic. And I'm interested to hear some other uh, opinions and perspectives on it. So, not too long ago, Marin Morris, the country singer, posted on Instagram about women and friendships. And so, I'm going to read some of it because it's very interesting. So, She says one of the greatest lessons that adult women need to learn is meeting people where they are and to stop writing friends off for being themselves. This whole, quote, we aren't friends because she didn't check in on me or, quote, she never reaches out first, end quote, narrative is lame. Women are out here struggling just to stay above water every second of every day fighting their own demons. And then she just goes on to say, you know, these are all the things women are going through. And then she says, my friendship does not have requirements. It doesn't have guidelines. Uh, You will forever have my love and support. And so there's a lot of conversation in her comments from both sides. On the one hand, you have women saying, I totally resonate with this. You know, I am self-aware enough to know that I have a lot going on. My friends and my life have a lot going on. And so, you know, I need people in my life to understand that if I'm not there, if I'm not present, if I'm not you know checking in, then it's not because I don't care. It's because I have stuff that I need to focus on. And so her whole post about, I don't care if you don't check in. I know you're going through crazy things in life, just like we all are. So you'll never have to worry that I'm mad at you for that. And so there are women being like, yes, 100%. I feel this. I, I understand this. I wish more people thought this way. And then you have the flip side of women in the comments saying, well, Yes, I think that that's important. But also, as somebody who does all the reaching out and as somebody who does feel like some of her friendships are one sided because I'm always the one checking in and not receiving anything back, that's also very draining. And that's also something that is taking time away from my own struggles that I'm also going through. But I want to, you know, show to these people I care about you. I'm checking in because I genuinely want to make sure that you're good. I want to show you that I care. And so I think there's there's two sides to it. Are they the one on the receiving end of a friend who's upset with them because, you know, they're not really reaching out? Or are you the one reaching out a lot and not really getting anything from that person? You know, where do you fall? And I think that there is a piece, a very important and valuable piece that can be sort of inserted so that both of these parties feel a little bit better. Um, And that is. Just the communication aspect of honesty, right? If you are somebody who you know that your friends have this expectation that you're always around because maybe in the past you have been and you're always there as a shoulder to lean on, if you're going through something and you are not going to be as present with the people in your life, it's okay for you to tell them that. If you have really good, solid friendships, for you to turn to your friends and say, listen, I have a lot going on right now and I might not be as present. I might not be checking in as much. It's not because I don't care. It's not because I don't want to be friends with you. It's not because I don't want to know what's going on. It's because I need to focus on me and prioritize me. If you are saying that to a really true, genuine friend, then that friend would say, I get it. I understand. I have my own stuff going on as well. Please call me if you ever need me or, you know, if you want to meet up or kind of resume where we left off. You know, nothing about our friendship is going to change. That's a very healthy exchange, right? And if you do say that to a friend and they're like, well, I mean, if you're not checking in on me, then you're a bad friend. Well, I mean, obviously that that's that's somebody that you need to reevaluate a friendship with because, I mean, that's what a good friend would do. They would say, yeah, I totally get it. You know, if you need me, call me. However, I would argue that if you are the person that needs your friends to understand this, And understand that you have stuff going on that you need to retreat for a little while and focus on, then there has to be some understanding that if you completely ghost all of the people in your life and nobody has any clue what's going on, of course, if they're good people, they're going to wonder what the heck's going on. They're going to question, is this something that I've done or is there something I can do to help? You know, what is what's going on? You can still be communicative with those people and share with them, I just need some space without telling them the in-depth details about your personal life if you don't want to share that. But, like, I'm not a mind reader. So if my friends aren't answering my calls and my texts, and normally they are, then... I'm probably going to assume something's going on. And just by nature of being human, I might start to think, is it something I did? Is it not related to me at all? And so if you want people in your life to understand that you need space, you don't have to tell them why. But if you want them to understand that you need it, then the understanding piece has to come after you provide some sort of context. That context could be a simple text to that friend saying, hey, listen, I have a lot going on right now, so if I'm not really present or talking to you that much, it has nothing to do with you, I just I need some space to figure out a few things. That's fine. That's all you need to say, and then that friend has context, and if they're still not understanding, then that's a problem in and of itself, and then you need to reevaluate that friendship, in my opinion. And then on the flip side, you have somebody who is always doing the reaching out, always trying to make plans always trying to, you know, check in on the other person, see how they're doing and keep that friendship going. That could be, you know, that individual's way of saying, hey, I care about you, but also this friendship does help me when I'm going through tough times. I need I need this, you know, two way street to happen because, you know, I need this outlet, too. And so I think that there is something to be said for understanding in that moment, you know, hey, if you're not receiving what you need to receive from this friendship, then take a step back. If that other person's not communicating with you, then, you know, there's only so much you can do. You're not going to drain all of your energy trying to connect with this person if they're not reciprocating. However, you know, you also have to understand that not everybody's way of coping with stuff going on is through communication and friendship and talking. So if you are the type of person that needs that human connection, that conversation, you want to talk things out, then if you're not getting it from a certain friend, you know, it's not necessarily something I think you need to point the finger and say, well, you know, they're not being good friend. Maybe that's just not how they communicate. Maybe it's not, you know, the same type of friendship that you need. That they're able to give. And so you need to understand when it's time to look towards other friends or look towards other alternatives to, you know, help yourself get through things that you're going through. So I think that there is a shared responsibility in a friendship. And, you know, the reason that this Marin Morris post was so interesting to me is because friendships are something that we navigate as we go through life and as we get older and as things change. And maybe it's not fair to say that there is a responsibility there, but I do believe there is one. I believe that if you have a, a good friendship with somebody, you both have responsibilities in that friendships to, you know, be there for each other and understanding when, you know, each of your seasons are at a different place and when things need to change or when things need to get a little bit better and, I think that that's just part of life, right? I don't think it should be, you know, the most difficult thing in the world because then maybe it's something to reevaluate, but I also think it's a relationship. Friendships are also relationships. It's, you know, may not be a romantic relationship, but just like romantic relationships that take work, friendships take work too. And so I think acknowledging that and figuring out how to maximize these friendships with the people in your life you care about is equally as important. But okay, we're switching gears because I want to talk about a few fun things now. (laughs) I did want to open up this season and this episode with some stuff that's been weighing a little bit more heavily on me and based on the conversations I've been having recently. But I also want to talk about the fact that it is May 1st. It's Justin Timberlake's day. And that means summer is upon us. And I love summer. I love the warm weather. I love how my town is just flooded with people in the summer where it's kind of dead in the winter. And I also love it because dating app season comes to a halt, at least for me, not for everybody, but for me. In the winter, when I'm really not doing much, I'm sitting in my living room watching holiday movies or just being freezing. I obviously scroll dating apps a little bit more because what else do you have to do? No one's really doing much. And then if you score a date and you can muster up the energy to go out in 20 degree weather to go, it's fine. But when it's summer and people are being social and there's more events happening outside and it feels good to be out, I don't really use dating apps. And so it was time for me to close my dating app for a while. And I noticed I had a message from somebody and this person messaged me and said, do I see you at the gym in the mornings? You guys. Okay. First off, props to him for doing that in the first place. I can't fault him for that. In fact, kudos, my friend. Um, I think putting yourself out there, which we talk about all the time, is great. It's not that he acknowledged that he saw me somewhere. If he had said, oh, did I see you at the coffee shop? Or, oh, hey, I feel like I saw you walking your dog. I don't care what it was. It was the fact that it was the gym. And I know that that's where he saw me, so it's not like he's going to make something up. But the fact that it was the gym I think is what bothered me because that's my like safe space. When I go to the gym, my focus is solely on me and getting stronger and getting better and just tuning everything else out. And yes, I know some of you know that I do have a gym crush. I will mention that in a second again in more detail, but my focus isn't on anything else and I try to tune out distractions when I'm there. And this person acknowledging that he has seen me there and then him being there all the time, it makes me feel like I'm being like watched a little bit. Like he's waiting to see if like we make eye contact or something happens. And again, nothing wrong with that. But if it were a Target or a coffee shop, I wouldn't care. But it's just it was in the gym. And now it feels like ugh, like every time I go, it's like that's something that I'm going to be thinking about versus just solely thinking about having a good workout. And it's fine. It is what it is. But I think about the guy. So I've been going to this gym now for a couple of years and there's been a guy that goes at the same time as me all the time. And the only reason I haven't really said anything to him is because once this happened once I saw a girl come up to him at the gym and like either pick something up out of his gym bag or drop something off like it was keys or I don't know, AirPods, something. So in that moment, I was like, okay, he's either in a relationship with that person or it's his sister, hopefully visiting from some college somewhere. But I don't know that answer. And so (laughs) I've been hesitant to say anything because I feel like I've seen it once is enough for me. I've seen it and I'm like, "Eh, I don't know. He's probably not available. But if I saw him on a dating app, at least I would know, Okay, he's single. I know his name. I don't really need to know anything. But I would never message him because, number one, I don't want to have to go to the gym every time and wonder if he's he's ever going to respond or if he's even seen it. And two, I don't want him to feel like, you know, there's somebody kind of just lurking in the shadows of the gym watching him. I mean, he might already feel that way because I definitely feel like we make some weird eye contact sometimes. And I'm like, you're just so cute. Talk to me. But that's my that's my whole thing. I think the it's the gym aspect that kind of bothers me. But again, it is what it is. That's what happens when you're on dating apps and you live in a small town and you all go to the same gym. But if you're single out there and you go to a gym or you go to a class or you go somewhere frequently and you see the same person, like, would you say something? I think you, I can easily say, hey, can you spot me? But I'm, I'm like, I think I'm like terrified to do that. I don't know why. Every time I see him, I'm getting a little bit more courageous. And I've noticed that it went from me feeling like he was very to himself, like I am at the gym to talking to more people at the gym. So that gives me a little bit more confidence to say something, but also maybe that's my sign. Maybe I need to start talking to people at the gym. I like texted some of my friends. I'm like, who wants to come to the gym with me so I can talk to you? And it looks like I have friends at the gym so I'm more approachable. I don't know. I probably don't have the most approachable face at the gym. Although every once in a while, if I'm listening to like a good song or somebody texts me something funny, I laugh. So I don't know. I feel like that makes me more approachable No, I don't know, whatever. I'm curious if that's what you're doing. You guys going just going up to people, is it working? Tell me everything. But that's going to do it for me. I am so happy to be back with season two of Take Your Best Shot. We have a great season planned ahead. Some of the episodes will just be me. We're going to chat about some things happening that I'm seeing or that I'm thinking. And then some episodes will be with some amazing friends who I get to interview on this show. So as always... Life can be crazy and wonderful, but also scary. So no matter what you are doing, make sure you are putting yourself out there and taking your absolute best shot at it. I will see you all for a brand new season of Take Your Best Shot coming to you soon. And I can't wait. Cheers.